You are listening to The Therapy Podcast with your host, Shloimi Balsam. Hello and welcome to episode number one. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Let's kick it off with The Therapy Podcast. What is a therapy? Okay, what's therapy? What is therapy? We're going to try to define something in every episode I was told that the definition of wisdom is identifying function. So let's understand what therapy is and what it, what it can do for us. What can we take from it and what can we give with it? So let's start like this. People used to have friends. People used to have friends. You got it? Used to have friends. Said, no, look, I have like a million friends on Facebook. What are you talking about? Yeah, okay. Real friends. A wise man once said that a lucky man has two friends. A real friend. What's a real friend? So there was a girl that came home, real adolescent teenager, and she tells her mother, you're dumb. Family's dumb. I have friends that love me. They take care of me. We hang out. Those are the real people in my life. So she was a loving mother and she said, I hear you. She empathized and said, you know what? Let's put it to a test. So what do you mean put it to a test? Said, put your, she, she said, put your friends to a test. Well, how are you supposed to test a friendship? Said, throw out a real big challenge. She's like, so I should like cancel on them last minute. I was like, no, 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 no. Go to the butcher, ask him for a, chunk of meat well put it in a garbage bag this story didn't actually happen so just don't don't call pete on me um and uh put it in a garbage bag make sure there's like a lot of blood in there so it's sort of dripping and go knock on your best friend's door tell her you got into a little bit of a quarrel with your younger brother and it went a little too far and you killed him and now you need to bury him before the cops get a hold of the evidence See what he says. See what she says. She said, the, the, the girl responded, you're on. They'll do anything for me. They'll take a bullet for me. Mother said, okay, I believe you. Let's see what happens. So she got a hold of this garbage bag full of dripping blood. And she knocks on her friend's door, pulls up and says, you will not believe what happened. She gives her the pitch, killed my brother. He's in a bag. Can you just help me? I'm, I'm in a real bind. And by this point, her friend is peeking through a crack in the door and says, No, get out of here. Well, no, you crazy. And she says, No, but like, like, and she, she begs her. Give me a hand. Come on. And she says, Absolutely not. You can, I'm not getting involved in a murder. And the door slams. And this was the first surprise of her night. Girl went on to 15 other friends and one by one, like nothing. By the time she got to the fifth one, she had, she was already informed about the crazy girl running around with her brother in a bag and the doors weren't even answering. So she came home. Tells her mother, Ma, you're right. You're right. I have no friends. What I thought was friendship is nothing. Ma, do you have any friends? 
Mother answers, I have one half a friend. You have a half a friend? Yeah. What does that look like? She said, I'll show you. She gives her the address and says, go there, knock on the door with the same bag, give the same pitch, all teary-eyed, and tell her that you are my daughter. See what happens. So by now it's three in the morning. She goes and knocks on this address and says, hi, I am so-and-so's daughter. I killed my little brother and I need somewhere to bury him. And this woman sighs, looks down at her and says, man, if you weren't her daughter, come on in. And together she pulls out a shovel and they start digging in her backyard. And she couldn't believe it. Like, this is, this is the ultimate friendship. How, how can you call this a half a friend? So she came home to her mother with that question. That, how is this half a friend? And her mother said, a real friend, a 100% friend, doesn't sigh and say, ah, if you weren't her daughter. No questions asked. You're a friend. You're related to my friend. You're family. There's nothing tighter than family. And friends used to be family. But as the industrial revolution turned to the technology revolution and everyone's friends became virtual. So yeah, we have 25,000 friends, but none of them would think twice about (laughs) burying a dead body or even picking us up two in the morning when our car breaks down in the rain. Friends used to be natural therapists. You ever wonder why the therapy business is booming and 10 years ago it wasn't? Right now, in the UK, more than 5% of the national budget is spent on counseling, on mental health. 5%, that's a huge number. I mean, like, put that next to the military and, like, paying librarians. I don't know, whatever governments pay for, yeah? Why, why is there suddenly such a huge spike in the need for therapy? And the answer is that we don't have those friends anymore. We don't have those genuine friends. So together, we're going to try to become those friends. We're going to try to bring out that friend in our friends. Because no one's doing this consciously. We just, we've never met that friend and we don't know how to be him or her. Let's define therapy. Therapy always had this taboo about it. It still does and it probably will have for a while. There's there's like a feeling of, oh, you're in therapy? Oh, what's your issue? What's your damage? And that's not true. That's it's a total misnomer. And where we've come we've come to a point when most of uh, of the people we interact with have been to therapy, so it's much better. But that doesn't mean that everyone doesn't feel like they're damaged. Therapy means self-improvement. It means that you're going to someone who can help you improve your life. If you're going to tell me that your life needs no improvement, then you're either dead or lying. Everyone has somewhere, at some point, some aspect of their life that can be taken up a notch. 
and you just took that step to walk into my office and ask for it. I want to grow. I want to be bigger. I want to have more clarity. I want to focus better. I want to be the greatest person I can be. I know I'm here for only a couple of years. My whole life, you know, people say, oh, a guy lived 100, in year, 100 years. Yeah, but the last 30 were what? Like active, full functioning, building years. It's not that long. And someone who is seeking therapy is someone who wants to make the most of it. Ask anyone on the day they die whether they, what they'll do for some more time and guaranteed that they will give you everything. Time is the most precious thing we have and it's not the time itself which is valuable. It's what we can do with it. So let's think about a little bit what we can do as a therapist, whether we are helping others or if we're doing it to ourselves. What's our goal? Therapists are not, are not psychiatrists. You, you go to speak to a counselor, you're not expecting to walk out with a bottle of pills that will magically fix your problems. First of all, magic is fake. So are drugs. They're fake. Someone gets in a high for two hours, it feels real, and that's the scary part. But it's fake, because as soon as that dies down, he's going to crash. The only things that last are real things. Light is real. Darkness is fake. And the greatest proof of that is go into a dark room, light a little candle. Candle's a lot smaller than the darkness. The light is significantly smaller. It's insignificant compared to the darkness. But the darkness disappears. Because light is real. Darkness isn't. We're looking for something real here, something that will pick you up and keep you there. And it's going to be hard. Hopefully in the future, we plan on having a, a, a session called hard is a four letter word. And it, it is because it's hard, but it's not bad. Real joy is born out of the hard things that we do. And even out of hardships. The nice thing is that when you get to pick, and you get to opt in to do the hardships, it's a lot easier because you do it on your own accord. So just don't wait for, for something you know, challenging to come to you in order to make you grow. Challenge yourself. So if we're not giving out a bucket of pills, what do we have to offer as a counselor? And I'll tell you. Nothing that you don't already have inside. We're essentially gifted rummagers. You have, you know, if you're 20 years old and you walk into a therapist's office, you have your entire childhood, which is mostly a blur. And then eight years of adolescence, where eight, 10 years, whatever, from when you started making your own decisions. Yeah, as a big boy. I don't know, like 100 years ago, you were a big boy. You were 11, you are already out working in the field. But when you, when you started that search for independence, it all just gets stacked and piled on top of each other. The more information that you get now will only tangle this thicket worse. 
But if you walk into a, a an organized shop, an organized superstore, there are 8 million items. But they're all lined up perfectly on shelves, top to bottom, front to back. And now if you want to add a new product, it just looks better. You just have more products. That's great. But if you were to take a Walmart and pile its shelves up in the parking lot and then wait for your customers to come, you're not going to get them. Adding more items is now just going to be chaotic. So you sit down in front of a therapist with your Walmart parking lot full of products and say, you know what my problem is? This little bottle of snickerdoodles on top, you know, this little packet of chips in the corner. And what you don't realize is that you're standing on a mountain of discombobulated experiences. And you don't even know that they're there. They're so suppressed and so subconscious. Studies show that our personalities, like the real activities of our subconscious, of, of our of who we, we are deep down, what makes us tick, of what defines us, what people see, people walk away when they meet us. It's all defined and composed before the age nine. Everything is from the age nine down. That's, that's our core. And uh, Rabbi Yom Tov Glazer describes it as a little ripple in a, in a pond. You have a crystal clear uh, settled pond reflecting the sunset above and you throw in a pebble yeah so when you're four um, your friend calls you dumb your friend just threw a pebble into your stream because until then you were crystal clear innocent and delightful but now there's a pebble that's making ripples as the ripples go on, they get wider and wider and wider and wider. They do get more subtle, which means at some point you might not remember that your friend ever told you that. But it so encompasses you, it so defines you, and you don't even know. And it's there, it's present, and that is now you. Unless you make it not you. That's just a little lesson on how much one little comment can mean. Especially to kids, you think, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't get anything anyways. It is so much more impactful on children than it is on adults. They're a clean slate. You're drawing on a crisp canvas. The job of the therapist is to start unraveling every ripple. To start slowly. It's not a quick fix. It's not a bottle of pills. Slowly start arranging every little bit of that pile of merchandise and everything in there is valuable and every, every, everything in there is you. It's priceless. Take it piece by piece and start designing it into something that you can walk through and understand and make your way through it, categorize it. And this way we can start once you have that categorized and all your thoughts and feelings are validated and measured and the important ones are there and the important ones are labeled unimportant, then you could go on to the next step. Then you could start growing. 
then you can start adding to your stockpile. But you wouldn't dare take that step before then. That's what that's what a therapist is for. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to make ourselves more aware of this gigantic pile of priceless merchandise that we are standing upon and sort of doing our little jig without even realizing it. Let's start digging. And you're going to come up with some crazy stuff that maybe your mind suppressed because you don't ever want to address that again. But that's you. That's who you are. You're never escaping that. And they're not bad things either. No one's a bad person. People are broken. People are confused. People are shattered. Everyone is, is born good. And that good person never disappears. There are mountains and mountains of unexplained and it's really hard. And sometimes they themselves are, have been living on top of all this junk for so long that that's what they believe. But you and I and they know that as soon as you start peeling away the first layer, if you let them, if you let yourself open up, you're only going to strike gold at the bottom. Therapy is not introducing anything else that isn't there. It's not a product. It's a service. What you are trying to do for yourself and for your friends is to understand ourselves and the people around us. To be able to understand what we are, what we really are, and make the most of it. Someone once said, your mind is a powerful thing. And when you fill it with positive thoughts, your life will start to change. What we are doing as therapists, those steps that we take forward is to build resilience and optimism. You want to be able to buckle up and know that when I leave this office, when I leave this session and I'm on a high, that I'm going to be able to keep that with me even when things are not as perfect as they are right now. And... Keep this optimism because if you're just optimistic uh, because you know you hear so you hear a good line an inspirational quote that's awesome and you should keep listening to those but what do you do when you're not thinking that thought actively you need that resilience to be able to bounce back when things are not that that great there's something called tlc you may know it as an acronym for tender love and care but in therapy, it's referring to therapeutic lifestyle changes. Martin Seligman dis uh, discovered in his research that the most important aspect, the greatest, most vital ingredient in a satisfied life is meaning. And I'm sure Viktor Frankl would have ran a lot for you when he, when he heard that, because that's exactly what he discovered in the Nazi concentration camps in Auschwitz. He realized that if you can understand with your entire being the why, the meaning in our lives, then you can live with virtually any how. That's what we're trying to offer to our clients, to our friends, to our family, and hopefully to ourselves. That's a basic rundown of how I perceive therapy. Send me your comments and questions and ideas and feedback. What you thought of any of the ideas and what you have to add. I will gladly uh, speak out to all the listeners, all the, any, any great ideas that come in. And I think we can share it together as a community. 
Join us next time. We're going to start talking about self-sanity, which will probably be a series of ways to keep ourselves in the sanity. It's, it's sane. Keep ourselves sane. Um, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to, to subscribe and share and give us an awesome review and whatever other good stuff there is. All that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Be well. See you soon. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.